It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State recruiting podcast on LettermanRow.com. I am your host, Jeremy Birmingham. With me again today is Spencer Holbrook. <laughs> staff writer, uh, team player extraordinaire. Spencer, thank you for uh, taking time on Sunday. I know you got to watch your Steelers get a dub. Got to be pretty thrilled. Yeah, I was tracking the Bengals win too because with the Dolphins loss, you know, you you get to step in there and you get to uh, see a win for the Bengals in the draft process. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Bengals uh, continue to disappoint even when they're not playing, but this week's good. I mean, the best thing they can do from this point is not play, I think, and just uh, keep hoping that everyone else loses. But we're not here to talk about the NFL because if we were, uh, Ohio sports fans would obviously be disappointed most of the time. So um, let's talk recruiting. Uh, This weekend, uh, obviously, Spencer knows, Austin and myself went out to California and Hung out with some recruits, including C.J. Stroud and Bo Collins, two of the recruits I think that a lot of people have a lot of uh, focus being paid to. And we'll start with C.J. Stroud because the quarterback situation continues to get um, more interesting every single week. Georgia offered Stroud last Friday. Michigan offered him this past uh, Wednesday or Thursday. What day was it? Wednesday? I think Wednesday. Wednesday. They offered him because their commitment, longtime commitment, J.D. Johnson, has a medical issue that apparently is causing him to retire from football. And now Michigan's in dire need of a quarterback, just like a lot of other programs, and went immediately after Stroud. You, in in our conversation, said that you thought Stroud to Michigan made a lot of sense. Why do you think that? Well, I think that, you know, they don't have a quarterback. Uh, Joe Milton is on the roster. The McCaffrey kid is on the roster. But those guys haven't been able to push Shea Patterson. And as bad as Shea Patterson has looked this year at times, you still haven't seen any progress or, or any changes being made. So if those guys aren't able to elevate themselves to take the job, then I don't know that they're good enough to be a full-time starter on a Michigan team that wants to have playoff impl- or uh, aspirations. So CJ Stroud just makes sense for Michigan to at least go after or you know recruit. I don't know if it makes a lot of sense for him to join that roster just because they haven't shown they can develop quarterbacks under Harbaugh, which is not something I thought I would say five years ago, yeah. but they, they haven't been able to. And so for Shroud, it might make sense because you can get on the field quicker, but it also might not make sense because you're not going to get developed the way you might in Ohio State under Ryan Day. Yeah, I thought that McCaffrey actually looked pretty good when he got a chance to play earlier this year before he got hurt. And so I think I mean, he's got two years left after this season, and then you look at Ohio State, you look at Georgia, you look at Oregon, these other schools that he's looking at. Justin Herbert is obviously going to be a top 10 pick in the NFL draft coming up. Uh, Jake Fromm, I think it's one of the things I think is most interesting with Georgia getting an official visit from Stroud next week is what happens with Fromm because obviously coming into this season, a lot of people thought he was a a three-and-done guy, and I don't know that he is anymore. If you watch his film and you see what he's done with Georgia, he doesn't look like an NFL day one pick to me at this point. Maybe he'll go out and dominate in, in combines type activities. But, you know, Stroud, obviously, he goes there. There's there's uh, Carson Beck coming in with Georgia. 
Uh, Oregon has a commitment whose name is escaping me at the moment. Ohio State obviously has Jack Miller. All these other programs he's looking at have a commitment already, but they all have a kind of ready-made quarterback spot available after either this season or next. I'm sure Oregon has a backup quarterback capable of playing. I don't know who it is, but I mean, I'm sure they do. Um, But talking to Stroud last Thursday when we were in California, it just seemed like a player that really felt like Ohio State was a great fit for him. He told me that he's the right quarterback for the Ohio State offense. Like he said that unprompted when we were having regular conversation. And I don't think he says that unless he thinks that like that's the right fit. And if you watch, and I watched his game on Friday night on TV in California, uh, the offense they run, he looks like Dwayne Haskins running the offense. And I, I think it's a really good comparison. He doesn't have the arm strength Dwayne did, but obviously not many people do. But as a senior in high school, he looks a lot like Dwayne on the field, uh, right down to the number seven. That's pretty interesting to me because you've seen, you saw Dwayne in high school. You've been doing this long enough to know. You've seen some of the best quarterbacks. So to hear that from you is, is kind of impressive. Yeah, the physical demeanor, like just the way he walked, the way he carried himself, everything. It was actually funny because Austin and I were talking. We were watching them do their walkthrough practice. And I said, boy, he looks a lot like Dwayne out there. And Austin, of course, said, no, he doesn't look like Dwayne. And then when we were talking in his interview on the Bermanology episode, he brought up how the coaches thought that he reminded them of Dwayne. And I said, aha, I got the dub. Got that dub. You're always looking for a way to one-up Austin. I, I, I think that <laughs> everyone sort of assumes that it's C.J. Stroud or bust at this point for Ohio State in 2020 as the other quarterback. But the Buckeyes also went out to Hawaii on Friday, Mike Yersich did, and watched Jaden Delora, the Washington State commit, who I wrote about a, a month ago. So there's still some evaluation being done on other quarterbacks. So at least the Buckeyes are not putting their eggs all in one basket. It would be interesting to me if they start to get a sense that maybe things are moving in the different direction with Stroud. If you see an offer go out to Delora anytime in the near future, that's probably a good indicator of what's going on there. Yeah, you'll you'll get a good – it'll be a good uh, litmus test of where the Buckeyes are with their recruiting because if you feel like there's any wavering with Stroud, you're going to have to find somebody – and whether that's in the transfer portal, but the transfer portal looks like it might be a little uh, shaky this year for quarterbacks. So you're going to have to get somebody in that 2020 class. And you, like you said, you've written about Delora enough to where uh, that could be an option, especially if Mike, Mike Yersich isn't going to Hawaii on an off week in the middle of the season to see somebody he's not interested in. Yeah, you're not taking that trip to spend 24 hours there. Uh, Delora plays at St. Louis High School in Honolulu, which is where Tua's from. Marcus Mariota's from T- Timmy Chang. I mean, obviously, it's a high school that's produced a lot of great quarterbacks. So it's interesting to pay attention to that. He is committed to Washington State, but, you know, we'll we'll figure that out as things go. I don't believe Ohio State is necessarily uh, spooked by a kid being committed to the Cougars at this point. So, uh, again, it's interesting just that they sent him out there. So let's move away from the quarterbacks, and we'll stick to another player that we saw out in California, but but circling around to him. I thought it was interesting to note that Bo Collins, who there's an episode of Bermanology coming on Bo Collins on Monday morning on Letterman Row. In our interview, he said that the commitment of Marvin Harrison, which happened last Thursday, and we hinted about that when Spencer and I were talking to you last Wednesday night on this on Talking Stuff. But he said, and I'm glad he did it because everyone assumes that these kids don't pay attention. But he said, yeah, it does kind of impact him that Marvin Harrison committed to Ohio State, and it does change a little bit about what Bo Collins has to be thinking right now. 
Wow. Uh, I had not heard that because I didn't make the trip with you. That's news to me. I'm glad you said that, but that's very interesting. Um, I know they're high on Ohio state was high on both of them. They've been recruiting Harrison, you know, as kind of a little package deal with Kyle McCord because they just happened to go to the same high school. Uh, but you're not going to ignore a talent like Bo Collins. And I think going after Bo Collins is the right thing to do. And they're going to continue to do that. I just think they might have to switch the message now to Bo Collins because you can't just bring two of the same type of receivers into a room in the same class and say, Hey, you're both going to be Ben Victor because there's only one, there's only room for like one of those kind of guys on the field. And you kind of see that now. The thing, of course, is that Jaden Ballard is already committed and he is also in that mold. So now it's, this is a matter where Brian Hartline is going to really prove if he's as great of a recruiter as we've come to think he is, because the decision here for Bo Collins is going to come down simply to, do I trust that Brian Hartline is the guy to develop me more than anyone else? And you look at playing time and all the other uh, factors. And and obviously uh, let me just preface this. Bo Collins is really different. Like he is a special player and a, a kid that, uh, if you look at him, it is unbelievable that this is a kid who's a, a sophomore in high school or junior in high school. I'm sorry, he is six five or six foot four, six foot four, uh, 185, 90 pounds, ripped, and he just looks like a college receiver already. And you can tell from talking to him, from watching him play, from seeing the way he prepares, uh, you can understand why, even with Ballard and Harrison committed. Brian Hartline is still going to make him a priority. And I think coming into this 2021 recruiting cycle, the Buckeyes, I think, were thinking about three or four receivers, but now maybe have to try to push for four or five because they absolutely want Bo Collins, they absolutely want Troy Stellato, and they absolutely want Emeka Abuka. And so we'll find out how good of a recruiter Hartline really is because he's going to have his, his work cut out for him trying to convince a kid like Bo Collins to come to Ohio State with those other guys in front of him and knowing that G Scott and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Julian Fleming, who are all also those big outside wide receivers, are all going to be there a year ahead of him. It certainly puts the Buckeyes in an interesting spot. You'll you guys can hear more about the episode uh, or the interview with Bo Collins on on Monday morning on Letterman Row, as I said. But um for us being in California, I think the thing that struck us was just how great these kids were. I mean, they they you don't want to say things like, oh, they were really respectful, but like they were super great kids. And I, I've, I've talked about this for the last year, how different the type of player Ohio State recruiting uh, has been focused on in the last year or two. And I w- I've never had that reinforced to me more than I did in California. Yeah, and that's an interesting point because you do write about that a lot. You talk about how it shifted from good football players to good human beings. And I think that's really important. That's something Ryan Day wants to hang his hat on with his program. You know, uh, everything he does centers around family and being good people. It even boils down to his interview Saturday on game day was from his son's football game. You know, Urban Meyer wasn't doing that. As great of a coach as Urban Meyer was, you know, you can go back to anywhere in the Urban Meyer era and you usually had good guys on the field, on the team, but there might have been a couple exceptions. There doesn't seem to be any exceptions with Ryan Day, and they're not going to recruit those guys if there are any exceptions. So for you guys to continue to just sing the praises of these kids, uh, it, it's impressive to see what Ohio State's doing with the talent and the personality. 
Let's move on. There's talking about players Ohio State didn't get. I know this one's going to get brought up a lot in the next few days, so I want to dive into the running back situation um, because we can't seem to get away from Bajan Robinson and Jalen Knighton, who, of course, both privately committed to Ohio State in June before flipping uh, the switch on the Buckeyes and committing them to Texas and Florida State. Texas and Florida State both obviously undergoing some struggles. Florida State struggles have been amplified on Sunday when they decided to terminate Willie Taggart. I don't know what's going on with Jalen Knighton in Ohio State yet, so I'm just going to throw that out there. I mean, we're filming this uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, 5 o'clock in the afternoon. The, the Taggart news came down just about an hour ago. I know that Jalen Knighton reached out to Ohio State in the beginning of September and was still trying to keep that relationship alive with Tony Alford. I don't know that Ohio State at this point needs two running backs in this class. I don't know if Jalen Knighton, because of what happened in June, is a player that they feel like they want to really put too much time and energy back into. Um, But obviously he's a top five, top ten running back in the country, and they need one. Do you think that if you were a coach, does does a recruit's decision to sort of spurn you do you hold on to that, or do you say, let bygones be bygones, and we're going to recruit you anyway? Well, I think it kind of goes back to your your talking point earlier about the personality. The personalities of these kids are Ohio State rarely sees a guy decommit. And why is that? Because they build these relationships, they trust these kids, and then when the kid gives them their word, Ohio State knows they have their word. So if you get a commitment from Jalen Knighton, Ohio State staff generally expects him to stay with Ohio State. Right. And now you've got a kid who not only told you he was going to commit, then took visits and flipped, you know, privately flipped, and now wants back in after he, you know, his own coach's downfall that recruited him. You've already cut the cord with him and moved on to other people. You know that maybe we can't trust this kid in the recruiting process. I, I'm not sure if I would go back after him, but at the same time, you can't ignore a talent like Jalen Knight. I mean, he's a very talented back. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be an interesting conversation for the Buckeyes coaching staff in these next 24, 48 hours. Obviously, they're going to continue to turn the focus back to the playing field. This last week has been good for them to go ahead and work on recruiting, but they still now have four games ahead of them before the Big Ten Championship game if they can get there. And they're not going to do too much in the way of stressing out. They do have Jameer Gibbs coming in for a visit this weekend against Maryland. They know that Mayan Williams is going to come in and visit for the Penn State game. And then there's Bajan Robinson, right? We always talk about Bajan Robinson. And I. When we filmed uh, Talking Stuff, the, the most previous addition to this one, we filmed it last Tuesday, okay? I want to make sure this is clear to people who are watching this and who listen to us and me about recruiting stuff. Last Saturday, this was after the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, I was told that Bajan Robinson and his family had not reached out to Ohio State, okay? So that's what, on Tuesday when Spencer and I were sitting down in the Letterman Row home office and, and doing the, the Tuesday edition of, of the Wednesday edition of Talking Stuff. When I said that there was nothing going on between Ohio State and Bajan Robinson, I was operating under that assumption based on the response that I was given, which is, no, they had not reached out to Ohio State. That doesn't mean Ohio State hadn't reached out to him, and it doesn't mean there hadn't been some conversation. But in recruiting, if a player isn't the one driving the conversation, especially a player who's committed somewhere else, typically that's a pretty good sign that the player is not really uh, considering a flip to your school. Now, in saying that, I did say that Bijan Robinson had been reaching out to USC. 
obviously USC, like Florida State, like Texas, is is in some sort of flux right now. Ohio State isn't in flux, right? I mean, they're as good as anybody in the country. The, the running game is as good as anyone in the country. It's as good as it's been. Ryan Day, and we talked about it in the Wednesday episode of Talking Stuff, basically laid out a presentation why these kids need to consider Ohio State as far as running backs go. I'm not saying that there's no chance Bajan Robinson ends up at Ohio State. I'm saying it's a very slim chance because I still don't think that the biggest hurdle, which was distance from home, can be overcome uh, or eliminated just because these other programs are in a down year, especially if USC ends up firing Clay Helton, which everyone expects them to do. They're going to go out and make a splash hire as as a wide as a running backs coach, as a head coach, as in a in a in a whole you know staff shift. And I think it's funny because a lot of times when you fire a coaching staff, there's this influx of energy in the recruiting game that comes with the new staff. So I think that for uh, USC and the hopes of landing by John Robinson, that may actually help them. What do you think? Yeah, I don't think Ohio State is really in the cards because we talked about it on Tuesday. Ohio State is not moving any closer to Tucson, Arizona than it already is. It, they are immovable objects, and you cannot make them any closer. USC is closer than Texas is to Tucson, Arizona. I think that's where John Robinson's from, Tucson. You can't just move a college campus. And for that to, for Ohio State to overcome the distance thing, they couldn't do it one time. How are they going to do it a second time? It doesn't matter what the pitch they make to him. It doesn't matter what Ryan Day says at that podium. And I think you're correct. Oh, USC is going to hire somebody. They're going to make a splash, whether that be a James Franklin or an Urban Meyer. I know Ohio State fans probably gasp when I say that, but you know whoever they hire is going to go after these guys from Southern California. And it might not just be Bijan Robinson. They, they, you know, they might go after some of the guy, other guys committed to Ohio State. You don't, you don't know. So I think that is an interesting point to watch. I think as uh, these kids from Arizona and Southern California see a new coach at USC, because we're just going to operate under that assumption. Uh, Ohio State's going to have to up, re-up what they're doing out there to make sure that those guys are locked down. And they're, they're going to have to make a huge push for Bijan Robinson if they want him, and I don't think they can make up for it. Yeah, I agree. And the thing is, I want to be clear here. When we're talking distance from home, we're not talking miles, okay? We're talking accessibility. And from a place like Tucson, where there's no direct flight from Tucson to Columbus, that means multiple flights on any given day for John Robinson's parents or grandparents to come to see him in Columbus. That means you got to leave out of Tucson, stop in Denver, stop in Chicago. And there's uh, sure you could drive the two hours to Phoenix and then fly from there. To me, that's not a big deal, but we're not the ones in charge of this. And we're not the ones who are, uh, you know, making these decisions for the families, but to back this up, I want to just see and say it clearly. Is there an opportunity for Ohio state to still land Bajan Robinson? Yes, there is, but it is not a very good chance. So don't count out Ryan Day because I know he's involved. He's still recruiting Bajan Robinson. Tony Alford is still talking to him. They're still reaching out to him. But unless you see another visit coming to Ohio State, he's only been on campus at Ohio State for basically two days. I just don't know that there's enough of a foundation there to make the Buckeyes the likely destination if he were to leave the, the uh, Texas recruiting class. So that's where I'm at with that. 
Yeah, I, I think that you're making some pretty good points. I, I don't think there's anything to argue with that. If Ohio State wants to be John Robinson, they're going to go after him. But again, you cannot move Columbus any closer to Tucson. And USC is going to have, like you said, a sudden jolt of energy in recruiting. Texas is going to re-up what they're doing. They're going to tell Bijan Robinson, we don't have a good running back right now. Uh, you can be our guy. Uh, I just think it just makes too much sense for this to be a Tom Herman versus insert USC coach here than it is for to be a Ryan Day versus Tom Herman versus USC. Right. And I think Ohio State hasn't publicly decommitted from Texas and doesn't seem to be doing so. So, um, you know, we're, we're six and a half weeks away from signing day. And uh, that's a lot of dominoes that need to fall between now and then for him to end up at Ohio State. So we'll wrap up today's episode of Talking Stuff on that note. Uh, I appreciate you guys watching. Please rate, review, like, subscribe. Hit the little bell in the corner. Make sure that you uh, tell your family, friends. Um, anything else, Spencer, from you? Not really. I don't think so. I just think it wouldn't be worth it for Ryan Day to, to use so much energy going after a five-star running back that's already told him yes, then no once. Uh, then to, uh, you know, you can go get a four-star back that you like if it's a Mayan Williams or Jameer Gibbs and be okay with that rather than spending all that energy and still probably not even getting Bijan Robinson. So that's my piece. I'm with you. For Talking Stuff, for LettermanRow.com, I am Jeremy Birmingham. That with us today is Spencer Holbrook. Thanks for watching, folks. We'll it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.